Real quick, I want to share with you one of my most requested resources. It's a Google Sheet habit tracker that I use to quantify my daily habits. Go to robcressy.com backslash habit to get access to it. It's been a game changer for leveling up my accountability and growth and can be for you too. Because it's built on Google Sheets, you can copy my version and then customize it however you'd like. That link again is robcressy.com backslash habit. Drop in your email and I'll send it over to you. What's good? It's Rob Cressy and welcome to Built for the Game where we talk about the systems for creating a better life. And oh baby, I am so excited about today because joining me is Tony Watley and Tony is a one of one. He is a coach, he's a creator, he's an entrepreneur, he is a mentor to so many people. But the thing that I love most about Tony is he just won the Arte Core Value Award for Leadership Through Action. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Good to catch up with you again and got to hang out with you in St. Louis that week. It was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we're going to start with here because uh, you and I have been connected digitally for the last five years through uh, the Arte Syndicate community that we're a part of, led by Andy Frisella and Ed Milet. And we even met in person a few times at events. But uh, being at Andy's house about a month ago is when uh, things changed a little bit because one, uh, you and I drove uh, to and from the event, but then number two, both of us received an award. Uh, for me, it came completely unexpected. I didn't even know the award was a thing. And I want to start with this for you. You won the Arte Core Value Award for Leadership Through Action. Take me to your mindset of sort of like how you felt when they called your name. You know, I was happy to see you and my other friends win. And I think I was the last award that they gave and it was fine. I was enjoying it. And it just, I really enjoy the networking and getting to see everybody. It was kind of like a reunion after five years of being in a group and a lot of different events. And, you know, so I heard them describing and I was like, oh, I kind of fall into that category, the way that Emily was describing who was going to win. And yeah, I was very surprised when they call your name because you think about this as a room, there was a, a little over a hundred people there and everybody there is a leader. Like you're in a room full of CEOs and business owners and leaders. And so when they give out a leadership award, you're, it could be anybody. There's a lot of examples in there, people leading by example. So I was, I wouldn't say stunned or shocked, but I was just very, um, I felt a very strong emotion. I felt you know, like I feel like, uh, like I was being recognized and, you know, sometimes we do a lot of stuff and we put a lot of work out there and a lot of effort and we take care of a lot of people just like you do. You do the same thing. And you always wonder if other people are paying attention to that or people that, you know, are the ones that are creating these awards and these events are actually you know aware of the things that you're doing, because although the people that we directly impact our clients and our audience you always wonder if other people are watching and things like that are good ways to validate that we are being watched. Yeah, and that's exactly the number one thing that I received from the award of you and I, we live this. So I don't believe either of us were shocked that we would win the award because we do this. This is a, a mindset and a lifestyle and a way of being for us. It's who we are and what we do. And we're not actually doing this to seek validation, but it does feel good for uh, 
two people that you've been learning from for the last five years in a room full of people that you respect to say, hey, we recognize and we see what you're doing. And for me, immediately, aside from the, the emotion that I felt and the gratitude and the love, I then reverse engineered this and said, man, there is so much opportunity for me to see others because uh, you and I were recognized and it had an emotional response to us and you cannot give to others that which you are not experiencing yourself. Well, now that we've experienced the power of recognition and, and it's not that this is anything new, but when you experience this at this level, now you're like, man, if this can have an effect on me, imagine what I could do to help other people by recognizing them even more. Yeah, good, good point. And I think you and I both do that. We share other people's content. We invite other people on our show. I mean, think about this, our social media platforms, our podcasts, they are our digital stage. You and I are the gatekeepers to our stage, our audience. And the fact that we spend daily hours inviting people to speak on our platforms and to come on our stage, it kind of shows that we already operate that way. And, you know, and I think that whenever they call your name for such a prestigious award, something very important to you, I think the, the first initials, the first emotion is like, I am not going to cry. <laughs> I'm not going to go up there and cry and be that guy that has the crying photo. So, you know, but you definitely feel all those emotions. It's a weird mix as you're walking up there to receive that award. And that's the joke. I did a podcast 48 hours afterwards to sort of capture and share the experience. Cause that's just the natural thing for me as a, as a creator. And it was just the unexpected nature of it, plus knowing how much it meant being in that room with everyone. Because it was such a unique experience to be in Andy's garage and everyone there that I was like, I don't want to pass out or cry on this thing. <laughs> and even when uh, I shook Andy and Ed's hand, the thing that was going through my mind was how, when I shared this, I was like, how did, the, how did they see it? And Ed just said to me, we know. And right then it was like 11 years of my entrepreneurial journey flashed through my eyes of the, the 5 a.m. wake-ups and the, the content creation and the learning, all that we do immediately got validated. I became so much more powerful because I was like, if they recognize and see this in me, there is so much more power available to me. And then I saw the opportunity to throw in a quick joke because, uh, so you take the picture and you've, you've got the big plaque there and they're going to shake your hand and leave you. And they're like, oh, thanks, picture. And I was like, oh, sorry, guys. I almost blacked out, got both of them to chuckle, shook their hands and moved on because <laughs> uh, I had to move on past the like outer body experience of what just happened because it's, it's the most surreal thing that I've ever experienced. Yeah. You know, the award that you won, was it the always be learning? right? Yeah. Be a Something. lifetime student. Lifetime student. And again, we're in a room full of people doing that on a daily basis. And I can't think of a better room of peers to accept and receive awards like that because you're in a room full of winners and in our taste syndicated, you know, especially people have been there five years. That's a really strong commitment since day one. That's a really good group of people. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's what the depth of this means because you, we all know how we're paying our dues every single day and this journey of entrepreneurship. And it's why we're all a part of this because 
There's ups and downs, there's challenges, there's victories, there's different seasons of our business, and we've all experienced that. And because of that, we all know what it takes to be those people. So Tony, what I would love to hear from you a little bit more is uh, you won leadership through action. And I felt so happy and proud for you because I actually got to see it before you won the award on the car ride over because you you had a rental car, you drove us to the spot where we were taken up to Andy's house. And uh, there's four of us in the car and we're just talking business like we would just casually do. And I just got to hear the way that you talked in your mindset and perspective around these various business topics that we were having. And it clicked for me so easily when you won the award of leadership through action and what uh, Emily Frisella said is, you lead by example, you talk the talk and walk the walk, you give advice backed by execution and success, you're sharing insight and you're telling because you've been in their shoes and they want you want them to succeed and you're actively doing it every day. And as I, th- as I thought about our car ride there, I could just hear the wisdom you were sharing from a, uh, I've done that perspective. And all I had to do was listen for 30 minutes and I wasn't involved in the conversation. I was being, I was listening because it was uh, outside of my purview. I get it all. But for me, that was my biggest takeaway. And what I loved about seeing you is I got to experience you being that guy. So can you, can you share a little bit more about how you see leadership through action and you, your version of how you won that award? You know, I think you touched on an underlying realization in that I don't generally share lessons or I don't really share things that I don't have experience in. I think that especially in this entrepreneurship space or the guru space, like I like to make fun of, there's too many people giving advice on things they've never experienced or had results in for themselves. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that want the influence and they want the audience and they want to build the big name and the personal brand. And, hey, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, you're the same way. But there's too many people out there trying to shortcut the results and prove an experience before they decide to throw their hat in and start teaching some subject. And then you got the other people that maybe because it's a basis of a confusion or not understanding that a narrower message is a more stronger magnet to attract audience. You got some people that just give advice on everything and you could tell clearly that they don't know what they're talking about on half the things they're giving advice on. And so when you're trying to build your authority, when you're trying to build your leadership and your results, narrow down on the the bandwidth. We're all good at all kinds of things. You and I are good at a lot of different things, but what is it that you want to be known for? Who do you really specifically want to serve? and create your content to focus on those subjects. And it's okay to show your lifestyle. Like I like to show the fitness and the cars and me skateboarding and doing crazy stuff and traveling the world, but that's my life. That's, that's who I am. That's personality and character based content. But when it goes to business, I think too many people get it wrong and they're like, Hey, I'm a CPA. Hey, I do digital marketing. Hey, I can coach your business. Hey, uh, I can give you some nutrition tips too. I can do all that. But when you start to, cloud your message and you start to be the jack of all trades and the master of none, nobody's going to hire you. Nobody's going to listen to you because 
you position yourself as a generalist instead of a specialist. So leadership through action to me is like, hey, I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to build a good, strong referral network for the things that are outside of my expertise because I'd rather refer that business and that audience to people that need that specific subject that I'm not an expert in. And I think a lot of the younger guys, especially in their 20s and early 30s, they get this wrong. Yeah, 100%. And I love to work with the best and I love to refer people to the best because when we can work with subject matter experts in a variety of areas, that's how we're all going to win because so much of this holistic success, whether it's filling up all the buckets of your life or all of the buckets of your business, uh, the generalist, it's nice, like by design, we learn how to do a lot of different things but the, the inches of greatness is when we get the depths from the masters. Yeah. And also through leadership, through action. I mean, that award means a lot to me because that is how I live my life. And the reason I do that is because I want everyone that watches or comes across my path to have a level of belief in themselves of what's possible. And the only way they're going to get that is watching someone like me willing to take those risks and put myself out there and show the failures and how hard it is. And then eventually arriving at the result. And then everybody's like, holy crap, you actually did it. I mean, good example. I deadlifted 600 pounds a couple of weeks ago and people were like, holy crap, like and I only weigh 187. I'm not a giant dude. I'm an average size guy and I'm 51. So when people see that result, they think, well, you know, he's probably always stronger. Maybe he's doing steroids or whatever the excuses they have for themselves to justify why I can do it and they can't. But if they were just to go back on my social media, they'll look at 2018 when I started being more serious about doing heavy lifting and, and power lifting. Back then my deadlift max was 350 pounds. And I showed people those videos. I didn't hide that because to me, I thought that was good. That was the best I could do at the time. And I remember saying, I'm going to get 405 because visually that's, you know, four plates on each end of the bar. And I just focused on that. And Eventually in 2019, I hit 405 and everybody's like, oh, that's awesome. And it felt awesome. And I accomplished a goal and I had to do deadlifts twice a week, essentially, and train to go do that. And then eventually that became 500, then 550, and then now 600. And so I show people that if I commit to doing it and I do the reps, I will get the result. And all the naysayers will have that naysaying and kind of like oh, skepticism at the beginning. But when you, they start seeing you have this momentum and you're always hitting the goals that you say you're going to do, they kind of go away after a while. Yeah, and I love what you said because it's one of the, as Tim Grover would say, everything's labeled number one. But the most important thing that you've said is it's how I live my life and why it matters. And I believe that's why you and I both got so emotional in receiving this award because it's the way that we live our entire life. And this is such a key that unlocks everything that I never set out to be a coach. This was not uh, a thing for me that my dream a decade ago was to get paid to talk about sports for a living. But they often say entrepreneurship is the greatest personal growth and development program ever because I was not this person. A decade ago, I was not self-aware and I did not have a growth mindset. I read zero books. So the person who won the Be A Lifetime Student Award 11 years ago was reading zero books, no self-awareness, and no growth mindset. And through day after day, the power of consistency, being all in on my dreams, 
I created and designed myself as the person to become the higher performer, to do the things, to eventually a decade later being recognized for this. And it's why, Tony, both you and I can do what we're doing with our eyes closed because there's nothing that somebody could ask me that I haven't lived or experienced because this is the last decade of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. There's there's a lot of different examples of that. I mean, I used to not like being on camera. I didn't like the sound of my recorded voice. I definitely had stage fright in front of an audience that I didn't know or wasn't familiar with. And I showed people that, hey, I'm going to go learn how to be a public speaker. And I joined Toastmasters and I hired a speaking coach and I did a talking head selfie video every single day for over a year. This was 2017, 18. And through the course of that, people saw me initially going, man, he's kind of awkward and monotone and just kind of, yeah, he's saying important things, but they're not really hitting, you know? And as I improved and my videos got better, my message got stronger, and I used to learn the range of my voice and speaking with emotion and storytelling, all the things that we need for you know being a podcast host, people saw the progression. They saw the improvement. So I took people on that journey. So you see this pattern reforming. I'll, I will call my shots because, hey, I used to be a, a university nine ball billiards champion. I will call my shots. And I will show you how I'm going to do it. And then I'll demonstrate it and I'll show you the good and the bad as I go. And that's the best way to build an audience because they see like, hey, you're stumbling just like me. You're average. You're not some super talent dude. And then you just do the work and you do the reps and you hire the experts and the coaches that teach you things and you accelerate the results. And then boom, you get the result and it's okay, what's next? I want to go try something new now, right? So that pattern has been kind of the way I operate my entire life. Success leaves breadcrumbs and Tony, what you just said is one of the breadcrumbs because I completely echo everything that you just said because it is straight out of the playbook of how I've done the last decade of my life. And I think about uh, moments of my life when I had epiphanies or things changed. And one of them was early on in my entrepreneurial journey when a mentor said, Rob, if you ever hope to get paid to do what you love, you better be doing it already. I wanted to get paid to talk about sports for a living and I'm sitting there at zero. Uh, goodbye, multiple six-figure job, no clients, no revenue, no one knows what I'm doing. I'm at zero. So I'm like, cool, how do I get paid to talk about sports for a living? I should be talking about sports. So I taught myself podcasting, being a host, being on camera, audio and video editing, social media marketing, brand building. Essentially, my dreams were on the other side of learning how to build a media company. And... Through that journey, I was willing to, like you, day after day, write, create videos, create images. And I remember uh, I've been very good at making this simple because, remember, I wasn't this guy. So how in the world do you learn Photoshop when you're not somebody who has any graphic design background? Well, the answer is 30 minutes at a time at 7 a.m. in the morning before I go and do the rest of my stuff for business. And after three months, now all of a sudden you can create thumbnails for yourself. And this is pre-Canva era. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you say, cool, I'm going to learn how to do some simple video editing. And now like Lego blocks, you just start stacking these skills to where all of a sudden, Tony, as we've talked about of generalist versus specialist, yeah. 
I am an eight and a half out of 10 at so many things because that's what was required for me to create my dreams and do what I want to do. And then when I'm ready to get to the next level, I bring in the coach or the consultant that gives me the 10 out of 10. And now I make that part of my process. You know, I like what your, your, your mentor there taught you about, you better be doing it before you get paid to do it. I'll give an example back when I was in corporate and I was in management I would have these young engineers that would come to my office and be really inquisitive and ask, hey, how do I become a manager? How do I become a leader? And the first question I'd always ask them is, what was the last book you read on leadership? And most of them would just look at you with the, you know, the deer in the headlights look like, I ain't reading a book on leadership. But the ones that did have an answer showed me that they were investing in that skill set, that knowledge before they had it. And that was the how I was. I was reading books on leadership. I was leading, reading books on communication. I was taking extracurricular courses that I paid for out of my own wallet to be able to get ahead of those kind of things. And so when you start to look at people that want to be managers and leaders, most of them just want the ego. They want the title. They want the paycheck. They don't want to do the work. The real leaders will actually let you know that, hey, I have interest in that position at some point. I may not be ready right now, but here's the things I'm working on to become that. And so you have to respect those kind of people. 100%. And if we're going to reverse engineer the blueprint of, of how you and I have done this, so we've got the micro of the learning on a very simple level, whether it's a podcast or a book, and then you say, hey, let's uh, join programs or courses, aka being a part of the Arte Syndicate. And for five years, uh, every single week, we're showing up for a one-hour call to learn from the best of the world. And then one of the quotes that changed my life from uh, Ed Milet that he taught right away implemented the speed of instruction. He's like, I'm not going to tell you to do something twice. So once I understood the standard of this group, you and everybody else who's a part of this, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna take notes from every single call and then I'm going to live and experience and take action on all of these things because once again, they're going to start stacking. So here we are, Rob and Tony, we're reading, we're listening, we're taking courses, we're being part of programs and we're implementing it, implementing it in our business, in our life. And then we do so into perpetuity to where all of a sudden the exponential growth starts to happen. And we continually become more and more hungry for more learning and getting better because that's actually what we love to do. It's not the learning, it is the act of creation and what's possible for us. Agree with that. I enjoy learning new skills. I always have. I enjoy learning new knowledge. And I think that when people arrive at some point in their life where they think they know everything and there's nothing left to learn, I feel sorry for those people because I actually look forward to doing that every single day. I read every single day. I've been doing that for over a decade now. And I look forward to learning new skills and trying new things. And now I may not necessarily want to keep doing those skills after I learn. Like, let's talk about podcasting, right? When I first got into podcasting, I launched my show over five years ago. I wanted to learn how to edit audio and play with the new apps and you know, Audacity and GarageBand and all these things. It was, it was cool because I'm kind of a nerd like that. But after about 15 episodes of editing those things, I realized like, okay, I figured this out. It's not that hard. And now it's becoming a chore. And I started to procrastinate doing those edits. And so that's when it became a clue that I just need to delegate this out. But 
the good thing is that you know that skill so you don't understand what's involved and no one's going to BS you when you're trying to find someone that can do the edits. So it's good to know those things. It's good to explore those things. Those talents and those skills still apply. I mean, editing audio is almost like the the, the stepping stone to editing video. It's kind of that same stacking bricks like you mentioned. And so I love that I have the skill if I ever need it, but I don't think I enjoy doing it after a certain point once I've kind of understood it. I can tell you it has allowed me creatively to be such a better leader because I don't have to rely on a team to tell me what they're doing of like, if we're going to be outsourcing this or bringing in a subject matter expert, oh, by the way, I am as good or better than you at what you're about to do for me. So that allows us to actually operate with a level of excellence because a lot of people will just say, I'm going to let somebody else do this for me without understanding the system and the process, as opposed to here's my system and process, please execute this for me. Yeah. And be careful out there because just because people label themselves as an expert, you better get some proof and see what they're doing. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, let's say example, design websites and you go look at their gallery and you're like, holy crap, this looks like somebody's third grade nephew put it together in three hours after recess. It's just, there's a lot of garbage out there. They don't understand the technical things. They don't have the aesthetic eye. They can't have that design. They don't know how to code. The graphics are crap. The logos are crap. And then people are trusting them because they don't know any better. And they think this person's an expert. So podcast editors, video editors, website, anything in the creative space, like you better see some examples before you hire them. 100%. So Tony, last question for you. I I was looking at uh, your social feed and the content that you've created recently. And I pulled out uh, four words from one of your posts and it said, working towards your dreams. And it was the picture of you in the airport from 2018. And I just pulled that part out of there. And I'm curious around the phraseology of dreams because I'm someone who I'm all in because I used to work in a cube farm for Fifth Third Bank making $10 an hour doing inbound home equity loans. And it was the furthest away from my dreams possible. I was Peter from Office Space when I graduated college. I was clocking in seven minutes late and leaving seven minutes early. And I hated that job, even though I was thankful to have any money there. So I have such a strong connection around creating your dreams and working towards your dreams. But I don't always feel like as uh, we evolve through life and success, that dreams aren't always talked about as you become more successful. And I'm curious your perspective around the phraseology of dreams, even at our air quotes level, how you see it on your messaging uh, work towards your dreams versus go and get more success. So it goes back to my childhood. My mom is a Japanese immigrant and I grew up with most people would know as a vision board back then. She called it a dream board. It was literally a cork board above my desk in my bedroom with thumbtacks. And every year she would have us pull out our favorite, my sister and I, and we would pull out magazines of the things that we enjoyed for me. It was always cars and you know, anything machinery and, and, and things like that. So I always cut out things with you know, sports and, and martial arts and cars and, and primarily and some airplanes. I love it. I still have like a, a lot of, you know, I'm a big fan of World War II aircraft. So I'll probably get a pilot license at some point. But I always had those on my, my cork board right above my desk where I would build my model cars and do my homework and study. And 
And so I grew up with that and I thought that it was normal. I thought everybody had that because I mean, I'm a kid and I have that and my mom's telling me to do that. And I just figured everybody had, didn't you know, so it's, I grew up visualizing, I wouldn't say manifesting so much, just visualizing things that I would like to, to experience or obtain at some point. And there's a lot of things that have occurred in my life that were a direct result of something that was thumbtacked on that board as a kid. And even all, all the way into college, I, I kind of got away from that once I moved out and I, you know, had my own apartment cause it's kind of cheesy when you, you know, you're, you're dating and you have like some weird thing above your desk. So I, I kind of just got away from that, but it was always in my mind mentally, always in my journals. I was always writing things. And so I, get, I became very familiar with putting yourself in that situation or visualizing yourself at a high level of detail of the things that you're going to enjoy or experience or own. And that's a very powerful thing. And I always tell people like, Hey, if you like cars, like I do, even if you can't afford your dream car, go to the dealership and look at the car that you want. Maybe if they're nice enough, they'll let you sit in it and you get to experience it and you can smell the leather and visualize what the look, what, how it looks like when you're looking out the windows. These are very powerful things that you want to build because once you give your brain a goal, your brain is a very strong supercomputer, if you will, and it's designed to do problem solving. So if you give it an objective, which is your dreams, it's always going to be scanning the horizon, looking for that next opportunity or the next person or the thing that's going to lead you closer to that goal. And it's going to give you an alert. Hey, 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 that goal that you're visualizing, it's it's that person you need to know or it's that course you need to take or it's that event you need to go to, like something's telling you to go there. And so most people, unfortunately, don't have these goals. They don't have these dreams. And so their brain is basically shut off and hanging out in neutral. Yeah. And I would love to hear more about other people's dreams to see this messaging because it's something that I'm very intentional about. And in the name of high performance, there's optimization in ways that we can grow, but it almost feels like um, in your 20s, chasing your dreams seems a lot more relevant than if you're in your 40s or your 50s of chasing your dreams. Whereas the way that I see my life is a, is a never-ending creation of new dream, new dream, new dream. And I'll yes and what you said. Uh, we were down in Sarasota at the farmer's market on a Saturday, and there's a luxury car dealership literally right at the entrance there. And I was never a Rolls Royce person, but all of a sudden there was a Rolls Royce ghost just chilling right there. And I was like, let's see what this is about. I know Andy's had them. You see it because they've got the, uh, the fiber optic um, fiber optics on the yeah. roof there. And I've always liked that starlight. So most people don't look at it. I'm like, uh-uh, let's, get, let's start building this RAS. So I sat in it and I, and I touched the leather and the smell and I took a picture of it and not in the influencer look at me in a Rolls Royce, but just me for me of being like, you are that dude. And, and I noticed these things. And then we went to the farmer's market. I don't know three more times. And what I do, boom, I'm back sitting in that Rolls Royce because a hundred percent of people who never sit in a Rolls Royce ghost, that's 400 K never actually own one. So I am working on my programming just by being in there. And I, I noticed the little details of like ghost on the floorboard as you open up the car right there. And these details in this system and process, I love to share to inspire other people to hear about What's that thing you're dreaming about in creating? And then all of a sudden I created a song. There's one from Ghostface Killer all around is Ghostface. And I was like, boom, let's create a deeper connection to this. And it's like, 
it's kind of fun because you don't know how it's going to happen because one day you go to an event at Andy Frisella's house and then they give you an award for being that dude and you're like, thank goodness I've been doing this all the time. Love it, man. Yeah, nobody's a Rolls Royce person until they are a Rolls Royce person. So that's that's a key, that's a tip there. I, I was ready to buy one this year and my wife, she's still not as bougie in cars as me and she didn't want the attention and and we bought something else. But yeah, I, I would love to have one of those myself. So Tony, I've got to show you so much love. I've enjoyed uh, getting to know you over the last five years and even deepening the experience just from the Arte event. Uh, you're someone who uh, is about excellence and you live that life and you make the world a better place. You, you are so well deserving of that Arte award because like you said, leadership through action, you live this. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, easiest way is my website, 365driven.com. And that's also the title of my podcast, 365driven. And yeah, reach out to me. I'm very active on Facebook and Instagram as well. Just search my name. And I would love to hear from you specifically about your dreams. What is that one big thing, that Rolls Royce ghost of your life? You can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn at Rob Cressy.